Welcome to Far Louder, your official association podcast. Today we're here with Deb Ellis of Coldwell Banker Elite, and she's here to talk to us about prospecting. How are you, Deb? I'm doing great, Mackenzie. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, so maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about what prospecting is. Sure. So prospecting is your first step for trying to capture and find that new business that's out there. Prospecting is talking to anybody and everybody you know, whether it's teachers, it's um, your neighbors, it's your children's sports parents of those children, or it could be the person that you talk to in the grocery store about a mango. It's just anybody and everybody that you come into contact with and that you view it as the first step for the next stage of your business and adding them into your database. So if everybody is a prospect, that's a lot to manage. How do you keep track of all of that? Uh, the best way to do it is with a CRM, and the CRM is the Customer Relationship Manager. So what that does is it's like a database where you can put anybody and everybody you know all of their information. So that would be like an address, an email address, phone numbers, birthdays, anniversaries, how you met them, if they have children, what their children's names are. My favorite is if they have pets, what their pets' names are. If I can get the pets' birthdays, I add that. Um, anything and everything I can capture about the people I put into that CRM. So what's a good way to manage that um, and build that database, really? So there's a lot of different platforms out there that you can purchase. There are some firms that offer a CRM to their agents as well. There's, um, it can be just as fancy as fancy is, and it can be just as simple as a piece of paper with a pen. It's whatever works best for you, as long as you're working it and using it. It can be, um, you know, like a Excel spreadsheet I've heard some agents have used. It's, um, it will work for you. The fancier ones will work for you if you um, put them into some sort of like a drip campaign. When the drip campaign, what that does is you can say these people are actively looking to purchase a home in the next three months. And so maybe your drip campaign is just a whole lot of information about what are the interest rates doing right now? What does it look like to purchase a home in this area? What are the up the good things and what are the bad things to look for. A drip campaign can also just be somebody that you know that isn't looking to purchase and so maybe you want to drip things to them about um, how to winterize your home. It's becoming winter or how to make your grass green in the summer, how to handle a drought since we seem to not be getting a lot of rain right now. Um, it's different things you can choose to trickle to the people that you know. I like to refer to them also as my SOI, my sphere of influence, in hopes that they will see my name frequently and remember me when they do have a real estate need, as well as pass my name on to a friend or a family member who has real estate needs. So with all of those contacts, you had mentioned that some of the fancier systems will let you set up a drip campaign. But uh, if I'm just getting started, what are some good ways to start really getting the most out of those contacts? Is making first of all, you got to make sure that they know you're in real estate. Don't be a secret agent. They all need to know that you are there to help them, and that you have a team of people full of support that are going to help you help them get through the process. And that team of support could be your lenders. It's obviously their broker. If they have um, a trainer within the company, if not, it's the training they can get here at the association as well. Everybody's there to see every agent be successful. And so they need to reach out to all of the people that they know and say, basically, I can help you anywhere in the world because there's a referral network. And if, if 
you as the agent don't know anybody in California that's an agent, there's a lot of other agents in this association that do know people in other states that would be happy to give recommendations as well. You talked about like collecting somebody's dog's birthday. What am I going to do with that information? So the reason why we collect all that information is so that you can send little handwritten notes. Those are fantastic. Everybody loves getting handwritten notes. Send a handwritten note that says, it's Brownie's birthday. Happy birthday, Brownie. I mean, we all, we love dogs. We love pets. You know, who doesn't love a dog? So we definitely would want to recognize that it makes people remember you. Any reason you can capture from somebody on your SOI to remember, to send them something, even if it's a quick email or a quick little cute little video of yourself recording to over to them, it helps them remember you and what value you bring to help them or their friends and family. So you talked about emails, handwritten notes. Could something like a Facebook page be used in prospecting as well? Facebook is a fabulous way. Um, any kind of social media is a great way. There needs to be a balance between constantly saying, I'm in real estate, I'm in real estate, I'm in real estate, so that you don't look robotic, that people like to see that you're a real person. They will gravitate to you when you look like a real person. So to have a little bit of dribble of real estate and a lot of like personal, like here's a picture of my cute dog, here's a picture of my annoying cat, you know, things like that, um, really kind of help make you look human and who you really are. But then you can also use Facebook to do like a quick video that says, hey, I just saw that inventory is really low. If you're thinking about selling, reach out to me. There's buyers that are looking to buy in this marketplace right now or things like um, there's an open house going to be held at such and such street. You know, if you're interested in house hunting, let me know. Those kinds of things. As well as grabbing a listing from another agent with the agent's permission within your firm and posting that house out there and say, Finn, this is a fantastic house. If somebody would love to see it, let me know. I'd be happy to show it. Those are great ways to advertise as well. So when generating content, you, you're highlighting maybe your funny animals, some houses in the area. Um, what kind of content really stands out to you as like highlighting the area, like where you're servicing? So those are great ways to um, actually grab more people as well. So I'll use the Fred Nats as an example right now. We have this nice new stadium with the baseball team coming in now. There's a lot of hype about it. That is a great way to showcase the building of the stadium or some community service that's going on downtown. And then what you can do is you can be part of all of that to help the community as well as be the source of the source and be able to say, you know, this is a great thing to do in our Fredericksburg area or whatever area that you are in, as well as really always want to redirect them back to your website. Your website is your is basically your hub. You want everybody constantly going back to your website. And on your website, you can have so many different links on there and um, tabs that basically show different subdivisions, but as well as different great things about the community, like parks. Right now, everybody loves to get out and walk and get in the out in the parks and see what's going on. That's something we can do. So why not showcase those parks? Showcase the Fredknet Stadium. Showcase local places are starting to do drive-in movies that are family-friendly and very safe. Why not showcase all of that? Redirect everybody back to that website, and you can do that through social media or through your print advertising or through your email advertising as well. Direct them back so that they can see what's going on within the community. It's actually fascinating. A couple 
episodes ago, we were talking to Chip Taylor, who was talking about all of the community service going on, and that's how he gets a lot of his people involved. It's not just clients he works with once. It's when the serial drive comes around in October, he's reaching out to them constantly mm -hmm. to, to kind of share his values with people, and it works for him. It's really very interesting to see the different ways agents come up with to really prospect people when it, it's just genuine connections being built. That's exactly what it is, Mackenzie. You have to build a connection. You're asking somebody to trust you with probably their largest asset. And they're not going to do that if they don't trust you. And so to gain that trust is a lot of relationship building. So there's a lot of things you have to do. And then just keeping them in mind when you are doing those community events, like, like what you mentioned with Chip, is bring them back out. Bring them out. Say, come help me with the community. Or did you know that you know the Nats is offering a free viewing of a baseball game or is offering free movie nights? Or how about if we go over to this community where they're doing drive-in movies for the family or yard bingo, you know, different kinds of events like that going on that will help not only give back to your communities, but it also helps you stay in connection with that SOI, which helps you build your business for your prospecting in the future as well. Awesome tips. And you actually taught a seminar on this that I think the association has on YouTube, right? That's correct. It was um, prospecting in a pandemic. And that's actually part of a larger course that you teach it sometimes, right? Yes, so that was part of a larger course in the success series that we taught. Um, I taught in um, prospecting A to Z class. I changed up the A to Z slightly since we are in a pro uh, pandemic and, you know, there are some things that are definitely harder to do, like taking somebody out to lunch was pretty hard there in the spring. Um, so the prospecting in a pandemic focuses more on things you can be doing at home and in a very safe environment on how to build that database and work that database. Well, we really appreciate you putting together that resource for agents around the area. And we really thank you for coming in today and talking to us about ways we could get started immediately. Well, thank you. I enjoyed being here. Thank you. Stay tuned for our next segment and find out what it takes to become the Rookie of the Year. We're here today with Corinne Macon from First Choice Better Homes and Land, and she won the 2019 Rookie of the Year. So how are you today, Corinne? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. So you won this awesome award, so that was really exciting. Um, it was. I was totally taken by surprise. I had how, no how idea. It, how does it feel to have like won this big award? Um, very humbling. Like, I did not expect it, um, was not looking for it, just, um, so I was very, very surprised. And, and yeah, appreciative, but very surprised. That's awesome. So how long have you been in real estate? I worked for two agents when I lived in Maryland years ago, and they did about 95 sales a year. Um, between listing and sales. And so that was really busy, part-time, 60 hours a week at least. Um, and so I did that for a couple of years, and then um, I didn't get back into it until I came to Virginia. So what do you like about real estate? Why did you want to hop back in now? I hopped back in because I was really always interested in it. I always loved it. I loved it back then. And I decided that instead of just going to work for someone else, maybe it's time for I do it myself. So with the help of Clay Murray and Leanne Black, I managed to get back in, pass my test and get back in. That's really exciting. 
So what are some things that, that you feel that you're doing that really set you apart? Like, like what was that real push that got you to the um, Rookie of the Year status? I would say that I, I didn't. I didn't care about the money. I know that sounds awful, but I didn't. Um, I came back into it to help people, and that's what I did. I concentrated on strictly helping people. And I was new to the area, didn't know a whole lot of people, so I didn't have a network. I didn't have a group. I didn't have anybody. So I had to build it. And so mine was just, you know, caring, just putting the extra time in and putting the extra thought in and calling and keeping in touch and making sure that they were taken care of. And that's really what it was. Absolutely. And building that network when you're a new agent can be really hard. What are some of the things that you use to help you build your network from scratch? I would say a few friends and doing a lot of office work. Just being in the office, taking whatever comes in, taking the calls. We still do office time, which I know a lot of people think and even some of the agent in, agents in my office think that nothing comes from desk time. My very first client, on my very first day of getting my license, someone got sick at the desk, I took desk time, I got my very first client who has now had in the year with me three transactions totaling $1.2 That's amazing. So really, just getting out there, making connections, and taking the dreaded desk duty. That's awesome. Yep, and desk duty has gotten me... Um, multiple, multiple calls from buyers and um, listings. Yeah, so you definitely take that step above the rest and you just go for it. That's I figured that's what I had to do since I knew no one. That's amazing. So you also got your C2EX endorsement, so that commitment to excellence. And I know a few of the people in your office have worked on that, or all of them, I believe. I think most of us have it, but most of us have concentrated on getting that and, and other certifications as well. Absolutely. Uh, what was it about that C2EX? What parts of it did you like? I thought it was really informative. Um, I thought it was great that it was online to do because some of us, you know, at desk duty, if it's really slow, I've gotten my MRP from that desk duty. I'm working on my PSA. I'm almost done that. I just have the test and I did the C2E. So if you have slow desk time, it's valuable to use for other things. That's awesome. So multitasking, sitting down and just doing it. And desk duty. Who would have known that the the key to success is desk duty? Nobody believes it. Um, they really don't. I know a lot of offices, you don't get anybody at the desk. And if you get them, they're not an agent, so they can't answer any questions for you. And I have been super, super successful at the desk. That's so great. Um, well, I appreciate your coming in today and talking to us about it and giving us some keys to success and getting engaged. Sure. All right, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Far Louder. Find more resources at farmembers.com.